This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. So yesterday was read a book day and this got me thinking about mental well-being and about how we all have our own book within us and often we can think we know what that book's going to be, we think we know where this is going and some of us are very opposite, it's sort of like oh god I I thought I knew what was happening here? I thought I knew what my book was all about, but actually I don't. And we start to be a little bit uncomfortable because things aren't feeling right for us at this point in time. And so it's a tentative link with the reader book day from yesterday. But what this really has to do with is our emotional wealth it's about how we often run away from our emotions we often don't want to feel some of these emotions now some emotions yes we're always happy to have so those emotions such as contented happy thrilled excited all of those kind of things you know we probably welcome them And that's good because they fit for us. What they're doing is they're telling us that this is right for us, that we're in the right place, we're doing the right things, whatever is going on around us, because these emotions are what we class as positive, what these are doing is consolidating that whatever is going on for us are right for us at that point in time. However, some of our emotions people feel of as negative. Those things such as anger, discontent, frustration, anxiety, all of those kind of things. And we often run from them or try to dismiss them. And lots of people don't like sitting with themselves because they don't want to feel that or they will find things to do or even put a positivity plaster on it because they think, right, I need to make everything about the positive. And that's not what this is about. Emotional wealth is very much about understanding what that emotion is trying to give us. And it's giving us information. It's telling us stuff that we really need to take on board, we really need to be mindful of. Because rather than running away from it, 
it's saying to us, something's not right here. What is it that we're missing? Why are we feeling angry? Why are we feeling anxious? Because there's something either missing or it's not aligned with our values. It's not fitting with who we are at our core. This thing called authentic self, it's not fitting with that. All of our emotions are valid, every single one of them. But why is it that some we lean into and some we run from? And this is the crux, really. Like, how do I say that? This is the crux of emotional wealth that we have this abundance of emotions that do not control us that we are still remaining in control but what we're doing is allowing them we're allowing them air time we're allowing them feeling time but they're not dictating where that takes us what they're doing is giving us information that may help us to start writing a new chapter in our book that's telling us to move away from something or even run away from something or walk away, leave it where it is because it's not fitted for us. And yet we will often dismiss this. So myself and Sue, we've this concept of emotional wealth. And this came about from a variety of different things, from emotional intelligence, from books we were reading, from resilience as well. And about understanding how we can support people to, rather than deny their emotions, accept them and learn from them, but also to realise that what is this what is this emotion actually even titling it giving it a name realizing where it's coming from and this is really valuable so sue we you know about emotional wealth we've talked about emotional wealth we've delivered training sessions on emotional wealth what do you think is at the real core of the importance of this whole concept. Wow, there's so much I wanted to kind of comment on what you were saying. Um, to answer the question, first and foremost, um, I think what's the, the most important, for me, it all goes back to knowing yourself and getting to know yourself. And I think that actually relates to the, the, the read a book thing because I think there are as you were talking, I was thinking about being both the reader and the author of our own book, you know, yeah. as we kind of review back and we reflect and we read and we read our story. And is that our true story or is it a story that we've told ourselves, you know, like and we've kind of followed along with because it, well, it's that kind of, sort of fits no I don't really know you know we, we some of us have like a a more passive attitude to life because it's we don't know how to kind of drive it we don't know how to write the story for ourselves 
Um, but yeah, so I was thinking of kind of reflecting back, looking forward, putting ourselves more in the driving seat. And I think what emotional wealth enables us to do is to tune in to what's really happening, mm. tune into that truth. And like you said, you know, we, we tend to go along with what we would consider to be the positive emotions and we resist, you know, or we kind of, we dismiss the stuff that doesn't feel right. It doesn't, you know, or it makes us uncomfortable. Mm. And I think the more that we've looked into this and the more work that we've done on ourselves and with supporting others, what we realise is that's where, that's where the discovery is. That's where the transformation takes place. That's where the real truth of the story is. You know, that's where we get to write the new chapters and or we reflect back on the old chapters and we see, you know, kind of, ah, oh, no, I understand now why I reacted in that way, why I behaved in that way, you know, and we can look at that with a kindness, I think, and a compassion and not a judgment, mm. you know, because we have more of a context for our story. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, it's, it all goes back to this, this idea of really knowing ourselves. And this isn't something necessarily that we can just know at the start. Yes. And that's the point of the experiences. That's the point of experiencing the discomfort and the difficulties and the challenges and the emotions that feel this is hard, you know, but, th but like you said, that's, that's telling you something. It's giving you information, which means you need to pay attention to it when you're ready, of course, because you might not be ready. It might not be the right time for you to do that. And that's why we always talk about applying curiosity rather than resisting and pushing things back. Because when we push against stuff, then it, it just comes more, doesn't it? It comes back yeah. afterwards. Um, so, yeah, I think I like this idea of the, you know, reading the book and looking at our lives as kind of different chapters, different phases, because I think it, it gives you that opportunity to learn to understand what makes you more emotionally wealthy. You know, what are the things that I want to practice more of? What are the ways that I want to be in a particular situation that makes me be more emotionally wealthy? Because we, like you said, we're abundant in emotions. Mm. So we should celebrate that abundance. And that's the kind of the light, you know, and, and the shade, you know, it kind of all goes in there together, doesn't it? Because the, the contrast is, you know, yin and yang. It's sort of like, that's what, that's what makes up the whole, mm. um, without sounding a bit too hippie, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything you can do with that? <laughs> I, I loved, I loved the phrase of, we are the author, as well as the reader of our own book and I think that that is yeah really quite insightful because others will think they've read the book they've not they've looked at the cover and thought they knew what it was mm. and actually sometimes like you said we may conform we may read back parts of our life and realise that actually we weren't being our true selves. We were conforming, we were trying to please others. 
And that doesn't mean that by being your true self, you're not also pleasing others. So for those of us out there, um, you know, I know you are, I am a people pleaser. It doesn't mean you people please to the detriment of yourself. What it means is learning to have that balance and that real key balance of being okay for you and potentially pleasing those people who you want in your life and who deserve to have that kind of thought given to them by us. The whole thing about emotions is very difficult at times people do shy away a lot there was a lady I met who's become a friend and she was just saying how she couldn't stop crying today it was just one of those and she has no idea why and it's just one of those days and she wanted to be back to her happy self because that's who she is usually that's the whole point the whole point is that actually for you to be your happy self you have to know the difference you have to feel the other side of it otherwise you become complacent or you won't actually know what that really means but also there's clearly something going on for her and maybe she doesn't know yet but rather than forcing the happiness, forcing a smile. It's everybody around her said, similar to me, just take your time, be what you need to be. Cry if you need to cry, because that's okay. And people who don't say that, people who say things like, well, it's because you're too sensitive, or well, you just need to pull yourself together. It's because you're inconveniencing them. It's because they don't know how to deal with you. It's because you're frightening them because they feel they need to take control and they don't. They really don't. All they need to do is show some compassion, but maybe they don't realise that at the time. And again, that's kind of what's going on for them. What's the emotions that are riding for them? Our emotions can lead us and very often feel like they lead the way and I was having tea with one of my friends the other night and she said my anger my anger drove me she said and I was angry about everything and I let it take control she didn't know how to stop it to a point where everything was like that until she had to find some way of dealing with it and she went to a counsellor and actually she'd been through a lot she'd been through bereavement she was struggling in a job that was not for her and was making her even more stressed and she was having difficulty in a friendship as well so there's lots of things going on all at the same time that she thought she should be able to deal with and actually what happened is that's how it come across. So this anger had stemmed from all these other things that were going on for her. And she realised she needed to talk it out and she needed to stop hiding. 
So that's the reason why, because actually, if you don't address it and if you try and push it away, what's going to happen is you are going to start down the mental health route. You are going to start to have difficulties because you can't stick everything in a closet and ignore it. That wardrobe door is going to fly open one of these days and you're going to have to deal with things. And my friend had got to that point. This anger was giving her clear information that she needed to help herself. She really needed to find a way past this to do something different. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But what we shouldn't be doing is sticking a positivity plaster over it and going, oh, well, you know, I'll be okay tomorrow. Oh, well, it'll pass, you know, or dismissing it, denying it. That, that's not emotional wealth. It's interesting, isn't it, that what you were describing there about your friend and, you know, the things she was going through, was big life-changing stuff, you know, one, yeah. one on its own. You know, you're dealing with bereavement or, like you say, being in a job that's pressure and you're struggling with that doesn't fit and other things happening with friendships. And I think, you know, if we were reading that story about someone else, you probably have less expectation of them. You know, yes. you'd be kinder, wouldn't you? You'd be, but like you said, that your friend was thinking, you know, I should be able to deal with all this. But I think it's that, isn't it? We're, we expect ourselves to be able to deal with things without actually doing the work. <laughs> so, you know, when the work is around, you know, that what you're describing there, the kind of the being with the emotions and sitting with it and being curious about it and investigating that, um, you know, and, and kind of and reflecting and learning about yourself. Not to the point where everything grinds to a halt necessarily. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not this indulgent sort of, it doesn't mean that you don't have responsibilities and you don't have things that you need to do. And sometimes, you know, it is good to sort of say, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm just going to pick up the phone or I'm just going to do, I'm going to have a shower, make myself feel better, you know? And it's like, there are things that we can do, aren't there, within that situation yes. to make ourselves feel better. It's not about wallowing. I was just thinking exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. What you're talking about there is that wallowing and it's not about yeah. that, definitely. No, it's 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 just about understanding that okay, all this is going down. So I'm bound to feel all kinds of different things. And I think this is this is the issue with the emotional wealth, isn't it? It's sort of the wealth side of it, it for me is about you know, welcoming it all <laughs> and uh, an understanding that it's all there as a resource to draw on. Mm. It's all there as information, like you say, it's all there as um, guidance potentially. Um, and that we can, we can use it, we can put it to use, you yeah. know, but we've got to invest in ourselves in order to like reap the reward really. Uh, and that's the, that's the bit, no one teaches you that. Yeah. No one, no one shows you that. I think we, we all have to learn that the hard way. Um, 
And I think that's what a lot of our work is about, isn't it? It's about sort of drawing this to people's attention. And I know that when we do this work with clients, I know that when we've delivered our emotional wealth program before, which we've we've got another one coming up soon online, it's it's that you see that those kind of light bulbs kind of going off for people, don't you? And they're, they're oh, kind yeah. of sort of ah, like that sort of light comes on, and it's sort of oh no, I see now. This is what it's really about, and that's where yeah, we have to kind of educate ourselves around this stuff, I think, but. We almost have to have the experiences to learn from because you've got to have that context to draw from. And it's different for each of us. Yes. To be emotionally wealthy will be different for each of us at different points in our life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's actually a fundamental thing for me about being a human being, but it's a bit like the missing piece at the moment. For a lot of us within our society and within the way that we're you know taught to be I agree I think you know in all my working life it's been you know well that's going on at home you can't bring that into work or it's been you know oh you just you're just being too sensitive or you just you need to pull yourself together I've heard that so many times you know, I remember being diagnosed with my rheumatoid arthritis and actually saying, feel like I've been given a bit of a life sentence. And somebody saying to me, well, that's a bit dramatic, isn't it? So invalidating my feelings and actually you go along with that sometimes. You think, oh, am I being a bit of a drama queen? Oh, is that stating that? You know, am I dramatising that? It's not a life sentence. Actually, it really was. At the time, that's exactly how I felt. Basically, I was being told that I'm on tablets for the rest of my life and that I will feel pain for the rest of my life. That's a life sentence. That is it really summed it up for me. But actually, because somebody didn't understand what that meant for me and how that showed up, as in constant pain, you know, constant taking tablets and actually the the fact that they can then bring on other aspects of ill health, that should have shown me straight away that it's because they don't they don't understand that that's where they're coming from with it and it's not about invalidating my feelings so just because they've invalidated it I shouldn't invalidate my own and I actually think that's what we do we shut down because somebody else has invalidated them we start to go oh well I shouldn't be feeling this this isn't right and that is so so wrong because actually it's not happening to them. What is, uh, what's going on? The emotion that you're feeling is going on for you. So this thing, you know, I've heard people going, you know, why are they still grieving? Because the last time I looked, there was no timescales on grieving. There's no timescales on how you are meant to feel about something. There's no deadline for how you 
feel about something or what's going on for you just exactly the same as there's no scale of sensitive enough too sensitive there isn't this universal scale so actually what we really need to do is re-educate ourselves that actually what we are feeling is valid what we are feeling is telling us something so like you're feeling grief because it's telling you you've been loved you have loved and you felt love and how fantastic is that and the crap side is you will miss them like mad there's no time scale on that and you're okay it's okay to cry about that two days later two years later 20 years later that's not for anybody else to say that's for you and you alone to own and understand so this is all even more difficult because it's all internal because nobody can feel how you're feeling they can try and put themselves in your shoes but actually what what my friend's anger meant for her would be different than my anger would be different from your anger so you can try and empathize and try and understand but you never actually know and how you deal with that will be different and all of that is okay and that's the wealth part that is the you're wealthy to know that that is completely yours you own it you're allowed it and actually what you then do with it is up to you and I I love that Claire because I think I think that's that is the crux of it you know to use your word because it's it's the kind of knowing that about yourself and being able to own it and hold it and you know and use it and be okay actually with how someone else is reacting to that Mm. that's to be truly emotionally wealthy because like in the scenario where you've got someone questioning you know or that's a bit dramatic you know to use your example you know but we do do that we do invalidate because then we're like oh well I'm being questioned about this but actually if we're emotionally wealthy if we're being truly emotionally wealthy and we we, we can draw on our resources and we know ourselves well we know that kind of like no this is this is a real emotion for me I'm feeling it I'm experiencing it I'm going to put it to use or you know I'm going to sit with it whatever it is making a choice and actually being okay with the fact that they're not necessarily reacting in the way that you would like them to, because that's not really about you. That's about them. That's maybe about them thinking, oh, I don't want for Claire to think that about herself, you know, or I don't know what to say about this. So that sounds a bit dramatic. You know, that's, it's just a kind of throwaway sort of statement. Because actually words we use, really loaded, have different meaning for each of us. There's another thing that kind of goes into the mix. But by being emotionally wealthy, by kind of understanding all of this stuff, we're in a much stronger position to be able to be okay with how someone else is responding. Because we're secure in what we really feel and what we really believe. Um, 
we don't get in, need to get into a thing with them about it. We don't even need to convince them about it. Yeah. It's just about accepting that, yeah, this is me. I'm owning this. I'm showing up to this. I'm dealing with this. You know, thank you for your response. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Or, or even asking them about, you know, what makes you say that? Hmm. But that's a different, but that's not our usual way that we would go about a conversation, is it? You know, in everyday life. And that's, that's, that's where the real, I don't know, where the real gold is, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the control comes back to you. Because hmm. actually what you're doing is you're not dealing with that person from the emotion. Because actually what what happened there was I felt invalidated and then, then I was upset. So rather than dealing with that person in an assertive way and asking what makes you say that, I closed down because I didn't know how to react at that time. But I knew if I did, it wouldn't be from the right place. And actually that is then me taking control of my emotion. So I didn't react from the emotion. I chose to go not dealing with this right now because I don't think I'll deal with it in the right way. And that is very, that's very much a skill that, you know, I'm still learning and, and that is okay. And I didn't wallow in it and I didn't feel like that for a long time, but I still felt like that. And it was still valid at the time. I'd lost something. I was grieving something. I was grieving the health that I had had the hands that did work all the time and it was sort of like so that that's the difference but like what you're saying is that person clearly didn't understand or couldn't deal with it and that's not on me that's on them now I can choose to help them see that but actually I, I couldn't at the time so rather than choosing to be upset about it and show them that I chose to close it down and then still feel like that and just I'm very choosy on what I would say to them but actually that again gave me information that actually maybe that's not the person I talked to about that I find other people who are more supportive or more empathetic I will talk to them when I need to and that doesn't mean to say I like the person less because I don't value them. But I know potentially what to talk to them about. And again, that's given me lots more information then. So that wealth of information that I have enables me to support my emotions even more. And I think it's that, isn't it? It's sort of like, so other people won't have read your book. Other people will have looked at the cover and think they know what it is. And the book doesn't have to be what it is right now. You have the capacity to choose. You have the capacity to write new chapters. And it's totally within your power to decide what you want to be within your own book. So are you the hero? Are you the heroine? And if you're not quite there yet, why not? choose to be that if some of the themes we've covered here resonate for you and you'd like to discover how to be more emotionally wealthy well we've got some exciting news 
we've got an online course coming up that could be just for you. So to find out more, just connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, 3B Wellbeing, or email us, drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. It's Claire and Sue at weare3b.org.